0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to
1: Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now, there's more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks.
2: And welcome to our show today of Sensibility. We have the wonderful Rob Oker rejoining us for another fabulous show on the seven abilities of empowerment. For those of you who haven't joined earlier shows, I do highly recommend you going back and listening to them. The shows are on responsibility, adaptability, connectability, respectability, possibility. And today's is Sensibility. And we have one more to go next week, which will be on integrability. Um, Very wonderful shows by the wonderful guidance counselor, Rob Oker and author. Um, Rob has been um, providing us with such great information for our children, but in so many different ways. We can use these as teaching techniques. We can use these in our home lives, and we can use these on ourselves, which is something that I think we overlook sometimes. You know, we teach our kids lessons, Rob, we, we sometimes forget that we need to learn these lessons too. Don't you find that? I mean, as you learn all of these techniques, you use on your, on your on the children. Don't you also find you you use it on just as many adults as you talk to?
3: Well, it's always you teach what you need to know, you know. <laughs> so you know, when I do these uh, lessons or when we talk about the podcast, it's a it's a good uh, affirmation of what we need to do with our own lives, and that's where all empowerment comes from. Betsy is you know starting with yourself. And yes. so Everybody listening out there, there's something for everyone, whether you're um, a student, whether you're a parent, whether you're a family member, grandpa, grandma, whether you're and whether you're just listening to the show and it just kind of caught your ear and you wanted to know, what's a sensibility of the seven forms yeah. of empowerment?
2: It's, sensibility is interesting to me. So here's what I think of when I think of, I think of sensitive. I think of... Um, how sensitive some of our children are I think of the senses mm-hmm. the you know the known five but there's more than just the five senses but the mo- mostly those senses I think of using common sense mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know what you're going to teach me today, but tell me.
3: Well, I really wanted to include this as one of the abilities because it's really coming from the children in terms of this awakening of consciousness that is happening. And the children are leading the way of the awakening, you know, and they are the pioneers of what our humanity is leading for. And they use their sense ability in ways that um, some of us are just beginning to awaken to. And so, it's, it's been inspiring. Through my research and working with the kids daily, of this whole multidimensional self that these child children have, and how they use a sense ability to become empowered and also help other people, and so I wanted to tie into that today, and the way that I define sensibility in terms of the seven abilities of empowerment, and all these are on my website if you're interested. If you did, you know, hear the show, you could go to robertoker.com. Great. Um, that's Robert Ocker, O-C-K-E-R dot com, and then on there, just click on the seven abilities of empowerment, and you can see all of my seven abilities of empowerment what they are, and some definitions. But I define sensibility as the ability to be mindful and fully embrace the multi dimensions of oneself and integrate all body, brain, and heart intelligences. And when I talk about all intelligences, are we have more than one intelligent system, one intelligent osculator. And research is finding this out with all the brain development stuff we've come out with lately. And there's some fascinating things coming out to validate that we have many, many types of uh, uh, um, intelligent systems within our bodies, brains, and our hearts.
2: Tell me about those.
3: Okay, so let's talk about the um, intelligence systems in our body, brains, and hearts. But a lot of this research has been done by HeartMath Institute. Okay. Um, I'm really fascinated, and I use a lot of their techniques. and have been trained by them. And, and what HeartMath, M-A-T-H, is what they've done is they've come up with some research indicating what are the different um, intelligences coming from us. And we have an intelligence system coming from our heart. And um, I always say the, with the abilities, it's not, you know, how smart are you, but how are you smart? So we're looking at how are you smart and how you use that type of intelligence to be smart. And for example, the simple way is when a child comes to me is I talk about the three intelligent systems or the osculators, you know the, you know, the scientists talk about the three intelligence osculators that we have within our bodies and our system. body systems and the first one is up in the head area here I'm pointing to um, my brain area it's what you think and so when you point up there and you're in that osculator that thinking system is is I think when a person says I think they're working out of that brain that uh, the brain controls the whole body but working out of the head working out of the head intelligence system is when you say I think and the second one, as you go down the body, is right in the middle of the heart space. It's the largest intelligent system, the largest intelligent oscillator. In fact, it um, it releases the most frequency, or the big, the the biggest intelligent system is, of course, the what? The human heart. And the human heart is something that is such an intelligent system that a lot of us really do not totally use the social-emotional intelligence and there's so much coming out with Daniel Go- Goldman's work with uh, social intelligence and emotional intelligence and using the human heart and heart intelligences to um, connect with other people and establish relationships. There's so much you can do with that because the heart intelligence I believe are the wave of the future. In the future we're not going to look at um, you know We'll look at a lot of way the mind works and what thinks, but it's really going to be the people that manage their emotional states. The people that cannot take a psychotropic drug, but be able to manage their emotional state by understanding their intelligences, understanding their heart intelligence, understanding their sense abilities, are going to be the people in the future that are being very successful. And our children are our future. So I help teach children how to manage their emotional states and how to use this heart intelligence. Now we talked about the head is I think. We talked about the heart is I feel. There's a feeling that comes out of that. And we talked about the third intelligence system is the gut, is I know. That feeling intuition that you know that you are feeling something's gonna happen, that, that gut feeling that you get when you get butterflies in your stomach i always say to kids they go mm-hmm, right before i give a speech mm-hmm, or i feel like the phone's gonna ring and i just know who it's my friend and i pick it up hey what's up and i knew it was you and that's that using that intelligent system and the intelligent oscillator out of the gut so it's head i think heart i feel gut i know and so we can use those types of intelligence systems in order to gain sense ability to understand the multi dimensions of somebody else 's intelligence system and also understand your own by using one of those three oscillators
2: does this sense get distorted? You know you think of autism mm-hmm. and, and autism is so um, it 's so about the senses and it's so about being really. Distorted in the senses,
3: sensory integration, totally.
2: So this is so this can, but but yet they still can think, they mm-hmm. still can feel, mm-hmm. and they can know. So it's not, it's it's just, and and I hate to use the word distorted either. I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, it, it it seems like there's it's there's only a right way for yourself.
3: Right. right. This
2: isn't anything that you can really.
3: I think I think what you're getting at, and you're kind of looking at it from you know a parent of an autistic child, right. is that you know I use the analogy of um, the the radio's on, but you're not tuned to the right station. Mm-hmm. You know, in Joey's case, probably is he's using his sense abilities, but a lot of the time he is right in between stations, so he it's staticky. And with that analogy, that's kind of what I'm hearing you say, is you may not be in one of the different systems that he's working with, and it might be in between, and he's hearing all different types of static, so he's trying to make sense of the environment around him. But the other way to look at that, too, is what we just talked about here is an awareness that, okay, yeah, I have more than just my head that I think about in terms of being intelligent. I'm more than just my IQ. I'm smarter than just more than my IQ. And a lot of people just think that just because they get a test result or just because they get, um, you know, you've done well on a state standardized test, that that's how smart you are. And there are many, many different ways to register intelligence. And so just the awareness of knowing that you may be able to um, pick up some more information. Or understand a different frequency by that intelligent system, whether it is your gut, whether it's your heart, whether it's your head, can totally change the way that you communicate, or the way that you give or get information.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, Uninterpreted. it.
3: Yes, totally interpretation. You know, the more you start becoming aware, am I using my heart intelligence right now? Yeah. Am I using my, you know, my gut intelligence right now? Or am I really thinking out of my head? And when you talk to people, like when I counsel children or when I counsel people, I can tell and read the emotional energy what where they're working out of their heart space right there. Or I can tell whether they're working out of their head you know, um, space where I can tell where they're working on their gut. And I try to incorporate one into the other to try to make the communication work and then try to get into a situation where they could walk out feeling more empowered.
2: Are we aiming towards using all three at the same time?
3: Well, you know, whether we're looking at the whole being, the whole being's looking back at you. And so the whole goal is to use as many intelligences that we have, and the whole goal is to use as many of our gifts and abilities that we have. And, yes, the aim and goal is to use all of our our brain, all of our body, all of our senses.
2: All right, cool. So do you have tools for us today?
3: Oh, lots of tools. (laughs) Lots of tools for the toolbox.
2: I I love the Rob tools, and we'll be... Um in, in about a minute we're going to take a break and we'll get back onto these on these tools Rob would you say that um sensibility is one of those abilities though that um is really overlooked in the school system
3: Yes and no i in and, and oh what a political answer oh. <laughs> <laughs> why, why i say that real quickly is is that Yes, that's why I bring it to the awareness of everybody through the seven abilities, because it's a curriculum of concepts, the seven abilities of empowerment. And I wanted to put sensibility. I could have put another ability in there, but I wanted sensibility to be in there, to bring it to the awareness of educators, to bring it to the awareness of parents, to bring it to the awareness of kids, that we're dealing with a different child. We're dealing with a child with a whole brain looking in body and heart looking back to us. And whether we're teaching that whole brain or whole body... Um, Or are we teaching that whole brain and whole body? So, yes, I really think we're missing a piece there, but there are a lot of great educators out there that are doing it.
2: Oh, there are up-and-coming more people like yourself. All right, we're going to have to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Rob Oker talking more about sensibility.
0: Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health & Wellness
4: calm.
0: Redisorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally, Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoid in Redisorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold Program. Ask your doctor about Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America
1: Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy.
2: And we are back with Rob Oker. Thank you so much for rejoining us. We are talking today about sensibility. If you haven't heard Rob's wonderful seven abilities of empowerment, the one today, sensibility is an important one because we're talking about thinking with our head and feeling with our heart and knowing with our gut. And uh, it's interesting, Rob, because uh, about a month back or so, we did a show with Lydia Vanderbrook on uh, chakras, mm-hmm. and really, it, this is very much coinciding with the chakras and how these chakras, um, ha, using them all together and, and and being in tune with them all.
3: Yep, and that's that whole body learning again. You know, our bodies are sending us messages all the time, and there's intelligence working through us all the time. It's that listening part, that part of really going within and listening to your body, your brain, and your heart. And making it to um, become empowered and use those abilities that we have within us to be the best person and the best human being we can be.
2: Okay, Rob, I know you're wonderful at teaching us these great tools. So tell me some exercises or things that we can do to get in touch with this sensibility.
3: Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Um, the whole multiple intelligences first is you know there's a lot of work done and recently done by Howard Gardner's work of the theory of multiple intelligences. Some of you may know of uh, some of his work, and it describes a array of different kinds of intelligences by human beings. You know, um, Gardner came out of this work in you know '83 with the frames of the mind, the theory of multiple intelligences. And it's been looked at and it's been practiced in educational systems, you know, um, throughout the years. And the framework that I really like about that, that it gives educators and parents and people, is that there are other intelligences out there than just one. And Gardner talks about the different types of multiple intelligences. We're not going to do a whole show on that, but I just wanted to make that point because there are a lot of good things happening out there. With the different types of intelligence has, and there's pros and cons, you know educators that have been using this Some say that it's very helpful because it gives them a framework on how to handle the categories of intelligence others There's criticism um, To to this approach so but it ties in with sensibility in the sense that um, There are other multiple intelligences and let me give you what Gardner categorizes as the um the uh, multiple intelligences. He talks about bodily, bodily kinesthetic, and bodily kinesthetic is the has to do with movement and doing, and movement and doing is how our body moves and verbal memory and visual memory, and it has a lot to do with listening to our bodies. That's the one type of intelligence. The other is intrapersonal intrapersonal has to do with our interactions with others we look at this category as extroverts category the sensitivity to moods to temperaments to feelings this is the interpersonal type of, multi, um, of multi, multiple intelligences and then he talks about the verbal linguistic verbal linguistic has to do with of course our verbal thought uh, verbal patterns on how we look at things and verbally how we use language in our in terms of our intelligence of course, there's the logical-mathematical. This type of intelligence deals with the orientation and operations of logically thinking and using mathematical way of looking at things. And then there's the naturalistic. The naturalistic is an intelligence that, you know, they found more and more out. Just go out in nature and listen to the intelligence of nature, and you'll find out how people connect it. Mia. This is one of her greatest intelligences. That's her daughter. If those right. listening <laughs> is yeah. Betsy's daughter. Is uh, spending time with her. She has this nat- naturalistic um, intelligence about her that is supersedes a lot, a lot of things. And then there's the um, intrapersonal, and we talked about interpersonal. But the intrapersonal multiple intelligence, the spatial, musical, and um, also two others that he looked at is the moral intelligence and moral reasoning and also the spiritual but the last two he really didn't put into his categories of intelligence because um, they they're really working at defining that but he really wanted to put in there that moral and spiritual are very important and that's what it leads me into using the whole seven abilities of empowerment is the sense ability has to do a lot with the moral and spiritual intelligence
2: right Wow, so that that's a lot, and and I, let me make sure I understand. So what you're saying is, with all of these different types of intelligences, we don't need to have them all. I mean, do, is it best to have one that we we focus on, or is it okay to use a bunch of them at a time? I mean, I, as you were talking to them, I'm like, oh, that's that mm-hmm. child. Oh, that's that child, right. and.
3: And again the theory the theory of that states is there are multiple intelligences that we strive in certain areas and that we know and identify and where what is our strength in certain areas and what other intelligence and categories of intelligence can we work on and Just instead of looking at one academic piece or one main piece or one test score, this theory is an eclectic look at looking at all different times. Answer your question directly is yes, no, you don't have to. You don't have to use just one, but you want to strive to try to have an understanding of what child is working from what multiple intelligence category. And how can I teach to empower and help that child in an area that they may be strong or weak at? And I always use the analogy of fill the cup of that child's intelligence that is really that number one strength. Because what I've found is you start to become more aware of these. And, you know, my my intelligence, I'm social-emotional intelligence. It just radiates out of me. You know, I've really spent my time helping children understand how to use that intelligence and how to manage the emotions. And what I've done is that's the emotion that I fill my cup with, that I really I enjoy being around people. I enjoy... Presenting, I enjoy definitely communicating. Voice intelligence. Right, and so I really—that's the one that I fill my cup on. And if you fill your cup on the things that you're really good at, yeah. your cup overflows. Yeah, and the overflow goes to where.
2: Oh, everyone the, else. The,
3: those, uh, yeah. In those other areas you're See, not so
2: oh, good Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: And okay. so it overflows and it goes into those areas you're not so good at, and then I work really hard in those other areas. But unless my cup's full, it's not going to flow over into those other areas. So what I'm saying to people is don't get caught on just, oh, i got to work on my math skills or my mathematic you know, um, um, operations. Just don't get caught on. Fill your cup with the one that you really find passionate and and the sensibility that fills your senses, and the other stuff will start to overflow when you have awareness that you want to work on it. And then challenge yourself in one of those areas.
2: You know, Rob, this is so much like the, the basic um, physiology of the body and the biochemistry of the body. Because one of the thing it reminds me so much of it, because when, when people... Um, they learn, oh, well, B12 is going to do this, and uh, vitamin E is going to do this, and D is going to do this, and they just want to go, and they just want to take all these big multivitamins to get them everything that's out there. Exactly, but exactly. the body can only heal, and it can only work on certain areas at a time. It can't do everything all at once, mm-hmm. and you really have to, okay, well, where's your where is your weakest link right now? Mm-hmm. your What part really needs to strengthen it, and to put your efforts there instead of trying to do everything all at once? And... So, so, I guess part of the... Well, let me start with this question. And maybe this is bringing us to another topic, but it keeps coming out at me, is the sensitive child. Mm-hmm. The real sensitive child that, that really is... Um, cries very easily, um, feels, overfeels.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Where, where do they fit into this
3: piece? Well... I'm not going to talk about the multi-intelligences, but I'm going to take it from my, my frame in terms of working in sensibility. And I think that's the piece where we really have to listen to because a lot of these children, sensitive children, a lot of these children, you know, whether you want to call it indigo, rainbow, crystal, whatever, have this sensibility to teach us something. And what we're trying to do is, we're I, I believe, as as an educational system and sometimes societies, we're trying to trying to teach them the way that we think sensibility or their senses are trying to say with their emotional sensitivity. Let me give you an example. If um, you know a child um, comes to my office, and you can just tell that they're sitting the the lights bugging them they're they got their head down they're sitting there rubbing their they take their sweater off it's bugging their skin oh, i you know that's me yeah <laughs> and already you're you're sensitive to the environment and to the things that are going on there so i have to create you know i turn my lights off dim dim it down low and then i say you know do you want to take your sweater off you know you want the door or the window open you know i have to create that environment that helps that child and then we start talking about identifying that sensitivity to things and that awareness to things, and then they, we do some techniques for them to realize that the, you know sensory integration, what they're really, what they're really feeling, and how they're feeling it. But the emotional piece of that is really interesting because that they're use, that's their feeling perceptors of what emotionally is going on with them. You know, you know, their skin might get a rash. Or oh or you know, their eyes overly sensitive. Over, yes, they're overly that's sensitive it. sensitive things. Oh. But that emotional piece is the lesson that they have to give to us on how we can help them help themselves.
2: Well, you've just answered my whole life question right there.
3: <laughs> yeah, that right.
2: makes a lot of sense. I mean when I think about sensorally how much I suffered as a child with textures and such and that's been my whole life. I mean you know, I've, I've always been extremely sensitive, and now I, I'm not anywhere near as much. And what's interesting, I'm not as much physically, and I'm not as much emotionally, mm-hmm. because I I don't really like to say the word toughened up, but I've held the purpose for things now, and I see purpose for, for things a lot more.
3: And you also hold the intention to say, I'm going to learn some new skills on how to deal with this, and you're also in an area that your skill set is always improving and always growing and always, you know, going. And the brain finds a way to mold and to shape and to learn a new skill set on how to deal with the different things. You know, you go out in the sun, you're going to need sunscreen. You know, but after a while and you're in the sun, it feels good. Your body and your brain, everything adapts to that. And so you you found skill sets that work for you, and that's what a lot of these kids are reaching out. But a lot of these kids that are um, multi-sensory and then are reading different energies from different areas or different people from different places I mean this is a whole nother thing of how we tune into that and help them in their emotional state right there their emotional frequency right there is how we're going to help them heal themselves and the planet.
2: Alright Rob we got to take another break. When we get back let's talk a little bit about how we can teach more these children in all of their senses. We'll be right back with Rob Oker.
4: a fresh look at today's health voice america health and wellness com.
0: Redisorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying. Normally, Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical free, and there's no sodium benzoate in Redisorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com.
4: Living Your Power with host and intuitive counselor, Diane Brandon, breaks down the old traditions of taking what life gives you. Living Your Power teaches you how to have a life of success, happiness, and fulfillment. How to live your power, feeling vibrant and confident. Tune in Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern to Living Your Power on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
2: We have Rob Oker with us talking today about sensibility. And we've been talking about emotional intelligences and learning. <laughs> I've been learning some very vital life lessons in this. Um, Rob, I, I was not a great student. I mean, as far as academics were concerned. I, I, I did fine in grammar school, but when I got into high school, I really struggled. I, I have severe ADHD so much more severe back then. Now I'm a lot better with it, but um, I I really had a lot of low confidence when it came to my academic abilities. However, I I, I knew how to keep a conversation going. Obviously, so that's why I do this show. Um, but I I related well to people. I spoke well to people. And I always ended up with wonderful jobs in my in my lifetime. I had great, even though I never f- completed college. I went to DePaul University and never really graduated. Um, and, and I'm okay with admitting that now because I really feel like, you know, college is a tool to get you a, a great job. And I have a, I have a wonderful, blessed job. Um, so, what? What gave me that ability? Where did I get that intelligence and why is it why was it so overlooked and not graded or cared about in the school system?
3: Your emotional intelligence as yes. you're saying your ability to relate well to others yes. your ability to make connections it
2: just, it's totally overlooked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean except for maybe a speech class which I always right. did really well in speech right. class right. you know everything else was a struggle for me
3: yeah and then this is where I think A lot of our educational systems are, are backwards, and this is my passion and work in terms of that emotional intelligence, that social intelligence is the children that are going to be able to understand how to use this and that heart intelligence are going to be the children of the future that are going to really know how to handle emotional states, establish relationships, keep jobs, be very successful, and have a moral integrity on our planet. And those are the things I believe, the working with the kids that are missing piece Mm of a lot of school systems. And that's why the work that I'm doing and driven all by, you know, the shift of consciousness that's happening now, the seven abilities of empowerment, the stories and the ideas that have come from the children are all about getting those intelligences in a framework of using your emotional intelligence to do that. And I agree But there are a lot of, and I'm going to talk about that, there are, I've been doing some research and there are some schools and some really creative, intelligent people of multiple intelligences that understand this. And they're really starting to make some changes now in the schools and the shifts that are happening. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. And one of them is uh, George Lucas with his work and... uh, um, with Star Wars and you'd be amazed at how he is a visionary for that and now how he's getting into education to rethinking education and rethinking teaching. Wow. So I we'll see. talk about that a little bit later. But let's talk again about how you as a student Betsy, you found a way to use your emotional IQ. And your emotional Q or your EQ and you know people in the realm of looking at intelligences talk about the different types of um, Q's, you know, there's the IQ, which looks at it strict intelligence, which for years and centuries (laughs) or century, have been really focused and looked on as the only, you know, um, quotient of intelligence. And then there's the EQ, which is the emotional intelligence. Mm. And that's the one piece that we're talking about here that I think is so missing with terms of sensibility and empowering our kids, empowering people. And then there's the spiritual intelligence, the SQ. You know, the SQ wow. is your spirit, spiritual intelligence. And this output looks at wisdom and connecting with a higher self and a higher purpose. You know, this is the sense of where we're waking for. And then there's this whole soul sensing of holistic intelligence, the WQ. The WQ is the knowing, the you know, this whole sense of profound um, connection with uh, the holistic view, the WQ. And then there's the quantum intelligence, where you get into the creative processing of consciousness, you get into super creativity, the QQ, quantum intelligence. So this is called, you know, the expanded look of it, of intelligences and what consciousness happens with our intelligence, with the awareness of our intelligence. And it's pretty deep, but I want to let people know out there that there is... Um, There is an expansion of going on with our intelligences. But let's go back to the human being and to the part that I feel that the children are missing and reawakening with these abilities. And that's the EQ, your anatomy of your emotional intelligence. Your emotional EQ is made up of three important human characteristics. And those three important areas are your thinking, your learning, and your communicating. And with your emotional intelligence you're working on the anatomy of, again, that's the thinking, learning, and communicating. Again, it kind of ties into the three different areas that we talked about, the head, the heart, and the gut. But looking at your emotional intelligence in the three areas of thinking, learning, communicating, I like to tell children that what type of smart are you? Not, you know, are you smart, but how are you smart? Are you self-smart? Are you school-smart? Are you people-smart? what do you mean
2: interesting
3: are you a self-smart emotional you know um, person with sensibility are you school smart with your emotional sensibility wow. or are you people smart and using and how you relate to others in those different areas can really produce success in your life and especially with children in the school systems and so I helped kids identify with their smart school smart self-smart people smart for example you Are living with a positive attitude? Do you make good choices every day? Do you, do you, um, can you monitor your moods and your behavior? These are self-smart, self-starting, smart emotional qualities. You have the ability to bounce back right away from adversity. Can you improve your confidence level? Can you really um, look at yourself and say, I'm going to make some choices, I feel great today? Those are self-smart emotional intelligences.
2: Wow, interesting.
3: Now let's go into the school smart. You're in the school environment, and you're looking at, okay, well, how can I use my smarts in here? Well, I have to make connections and make realizations of how things connect together, realization of what we're talking about in social studies about, you know, different things on, on time periods. Can I make those realizations, connecting that with people, with events? Can I develop organizational skills? I need to use my agenda, time management. I need to organize my materials in my locker. I need to find a way the school system works. These are organizational skills for school smarts. Can I um, find relevancy and what I'm learning? A lot of kids say, "This is, this is stupid. I'm bored." Are they using their school smarts? Their school smart says, "Look beyond that. Mm. Look beyond that and find relevancy." That, okay, you may not need to use the quadratic formula every day in your life for the future, but it's a relevancy in this. Maybe the relevancy is the connection you have with that math teacher. Maybe the relevancy is the connection that you made with that math teacher that made you learn the quadratic formula and memorize it, but you'll probably never use it in your life again, but you made that connection and there's relevancy because you understood the idea and the concept because of the connection to the teacher. And that's what we're talking about, school smart. And then the people smart. And, you know, Betsy, this is definitely you. You have this ability to connect with people and make connections with other people. I mean, the reason we got together is your ability to find um, a connection with that person and bring the best out in that person. And getting along well with others is people smart. You know, you connect with people, you get along with them, you know how to get along with them, you know how to help them get along with other people. You know, you run your business the that way. That's people smart. That's using your emotional um, intelligence. Listening and talking effectively. That's another people smart skill. You have the ability to really sit down and listen and deeply listen to what they're saying. And then not only listening, but talking effectively. Conversations with hope. Wow. What's that all about? It's having a deep dialogue about listening and talking effectively. And then resolving conflict. You know, during one of our breaks, she got a phone call from her, you know her <laughs> one of her daughters. Oh my God! There's a crisis happening at the home. She couldn't be there, but she got on the phone. She talked to both daughters and handled her son too, resolving the conflict yeah. and being a problem solver with people smarts.
4: Cool.
3: And then becoming immune to negative influences. And we've talked this about a lot about the how, how the whole fear vibration and how how the whole. Negative fear is people smart find a way to balance that out of their life and fill their cup with positive things and positive people.
2: Rob, I'm guessing that these are very innate skills versus learned skills. I'm guessing it's just something that you are born with rather than something that you are taught as a child.
3: Yes and no, it has a lot to do with your personality style and your in the in the way that in and it's like anything else um I you know I wasn't born with the great math skills you know but then you know my wife is awesome at doing you know math problems but can you work on these skills and I go back to that these are skills you may innately be born with a people smart you may innately be born with um a self-smart but working on those skills and working on those social skills and this is what i teach kids i teach kids social skills and we're going to get into that and what different things you can learn in terms of making a skill set on your own
2: great we'll be right back we're going to go to commercial break and be right back with rob over
0: opinions options answers voice america health and wellness Redisorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally, Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free, and there's no sodium benzoate in Redisorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold Program. Ask your doctor about Redisorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com
2: Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health & Wellness channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live
0: life long. Live life to the fullest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy.
2: And I am back with Rob Oker, and we are talking today about sensibility and we've been talking about emotional intelligence and all different kinds of intelligences. Boy, Rob, you've really taught me a lot about ways to look at people and really to see the gift within all of them. Let's talk some more about some skills, though, and building these skills and able to kind of make it work for yourself, all of these different intelligences. Mm
3: -hmm. And and you make a real good point there, Betsy, about um, how I always say there's not a more intelligent way. There's merely just another way. And honoring that in every person, you know, Mm You know, even when I when I talk about this, that this is not the only way. This is not. I mean, I'm giving a very umbrella overlook at these, so listeners can strike and spark something that maybe sparks in them that say, "Hey, I might want some more information on that," or that might be something I could use for some, you know, my children, or you know. So again, there's not there's not a more intelligent way. There's just merely a different way.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And uh, let's talk about social skill training and social skills. I spend a lot of my time in the school systems teaching kids social skills. And this is so important because it ties into their social intelligence. It ties into their social emotional intelligence. We have a wave in a generation of children and families that have lost social skills. Oh, boy, is that true. And it goes anything from manners, from anything to grooming skills, to... Um, and, you know, all those things lead into self-esteem, self-concept, and they leave, lead into being empowered. And they lead into really feeling good and being an empowered person and tying into the seven abilities of empowerment. And that's why I spend a lot of time doing a whole social skill training with kids. I run groups on social skills. I really focus a lot of times on, you know, prime example, this kid, this boy... Um, doesn't basically get a shower or a bath every morning and um he's just he's just just a mess. He comes in and he just really isn't getting that care that he needs to learn social skills at home. And then if he's not getting it at home from his parents or from his immediate family, where is he getting it? Yeah. Or is he getting it and the question is are a lot of children out there that aren't and so a lot of times they learn their social skills from that second family I call it and what's that well, school? <laughs> school is the second family, and hopefully it will be. But a lot of times when these kids aren't at school, they're watching TV.
2: Oh, And they're playing
3: video games. The
2: video games. Oh, yeah. Doing they learn things. great social skills in video games. Mm-hmm. Boy, it's all about and killing each other when you're mad.
3: That's what I'm saying <laughs> is that these kids are really, if they're not taught social skills in a way from their immediate family, and that's what I mean by taught is modeling that. The best way to do that is model proper, appropriate social skills that you want your children, that you would be happy to say, that's my child, or happy to say, that's my student, be proud of that. Well, a lot of these children aren't modeled that. And again, we come back, there they, so they get it. You know, they said at the time when the, mo- the, the sitcom Friends was on the air, they, they said a lot. Of, there was a generation of kids that thought of how you treat each other was the way that they treated their friends on the show. Because they thought that's basically, you know, acceptable on how you treat each other. And, you know, I had a hard time with that. And a lot of people did, too, a lot of, especially a lot of educators, because you didn't sit there and swear and talk jokingly and open about sex to your, you know, your family. <laughs> right. But that's above and beyond. We've moved beyond that. But the point is a lot of our kids are getting these messages elsewhere. So let's take the opportunity to teach them those basic skills. Going back to this boy that comes in here ungroomed and... um. I have him check in with me every morning at the school and say, Hey, Mr. Oaker, I want to check in with you. You know, um, a large part of in our guidance office, is the nurse's office, and we have to make ice bags for the kids that are injured or hurt. And so I have him every morning check with You're the ice man. I'm making you the official ice man of our school. And the ice man da, 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 has an important job. He just needs to make ice bags. Let me train you how to make ice bags. The first thing we need to do is we need to wash your hands. Come on over here. Let's clean those hands. Get under those fingernails. Ooh, wash, 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 wash. kill those germs. My germs, bye bye. Okay, teaching yeah. grooming skills, teaching wash his hands. Then the next thing we need to do is feel real good once our hands are clean. Put the ice in the ice bags and make these ice bags. This is your job every day. You come in. Oh, if your clothes are dirty, bring them in because the ice man can't stink. If your clothes are dirty, could bring them in and we'll use deodorant. We'll get you clean. We'll work on you smelling, looking your best because you're the ice man of our school. Cool. So little example of teaching social skills modeling that and they always say that teachers smell the best <laughs> because a lot of teachers you, you know really take good look on how they look and and that's modeled to their kids yeah so that's one thing is really teaching social skills and using those social skills to get out there to do that the other part of it is is learning personality and learning styles You know, I think we really need to look at, uh, you talked about earlier, is an innate. Well, I talked about kids have different learning styles or learning personalities. Taking the time to really researching and having your children look at different personalities and different intelligences and different styles of learning can be really helpful on how they connect and relate to other people and also how they learn. One thing our school has done and also is looking into is um the work by lana nakone i don't know if i say it right n-a-k-o-n-e but it's the work called every child has a thinking style and this is a great read and a great book she's done um work on organizing your for your brain type but she lets children look at their learning style and she says there's the penguin the dog the horse or the lion and oh, and
0: excellent.
3: then she has the penguins a maintainer, the dog is a harmonizer, the horse is the innovator and the prioritizer is a lion and there's blue different colors that go in blue, red, green and orange. But she does this real quick quiz that kids can look and parents can look at their wow. thinking style and their learning style and then they see how they re- interact with each other. Right. They see how they react with other penguins or how they react with the ho- other horses or o- other dogs or other lines, then this is a great way of looking at your personality style and your thinking style and how it reacts to your emotional intelligence.
2: Excellent. Okay. We have about two more minutes left. What else, two, do, we, what else do we need to teach two before minutes. we're done?
3: Well, I think the biggest thing with sensibility is I want to Look at just being aware that the children that are coming into our lives and the children that are around us have this different multi-sense way of looking at things. And they're using a different brain. They're using a lot of their senses. And then I want to talk about common sense, too, because you mentioned common sense in the beginning. So, number one, be aware of that the children that are coming to us have a whole sensibility about them. And whether or not we're looking at the whole child, the whole child's looking back to us and saying we need to connect to that emotional piece of them using that heart intelligence and working all of the intelligences together to connect with them. And number two is look at common sense. We've gotten in a society where we lost simple common sense things. Is Model common sense to your kids. Model common sense to your students. Do things that are of common sense Well,
2: give them the opportunity to think. Yeah. Frequently, we don't even allow them the opportunity to think, which so that they can't use their common sense.
3: Mm-hmm. So. so, really, you know, just focus on just using common sense right. and teaching kids do that, giving them opportunity to do that, and validate that when they do it, because that's something I believe our society really needs to get back to is that common sense.
2: Yeah, we could do a whole show on that yes. common sensibility.
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: We have to go, Rob. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a good week.
1: To contact Betsy or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.